Hello, I'm Juliette Littman. And I am Joe House. Welcome to Ringer Food, the Ringer's new hub for all your food-related content. You may have known this feed as House of Carbs, and don't worry, that's not totally going away. We will be launching two new shows on the feed, and the first is Food News with me and David Jacoby. You may remember us from our days at Grantland. Well, Jacoby and I are back to go over the news, sample snacks, share some personal tales of food news, some global tales of food news, who knows what else is to come? And House, what are you going to be doing? Oh, my taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, we are back. We've done it. Here to tell you that we are reigniting House of Carbs with a whole new slate of tasty episodes throughout the year. We are starting with a football fracas, a gridiron gobble fest. We're doing NFL playoff potluck featuring taste tests of the iconic food item or items of every playoff city to determine which city reigns supreme. Ringer Food is starting up this Wednesday, January 12th. That's so soon. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. <laughs> Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Raja, listen, man. You know, this is one of those, this is one of those pods where you know, I didn't know, you know, you don't know what we're gonna talk about. You try to plan a couple days in advance, you know, what the agenda is. And then, you know, something the gift just keeps on giving. So you know what we're gonna do today, Raja? We're gonna skip the small talk. Might save that for for later. We'll get right to the shits. Let's get to the Los Angeles Lakers, man. Let's just get right to it. There's, there's no, there's nothing else in the NBA that's as, as important as what we need to talk about right now, which is the Lakers who fumble bags, fumble leads, might be fumbling coaches. You know, they might, they, they, they fumble rosters. Um, here we are, man, after they lose <laughs> to the Indiana Pacers, a game they were winning, by the way, by double digits uh-huh. in the second, in the, in the second quarter. They bench Russ. Frank Vogel is probably, uh, I don't know, he's probably out of a job at some point. Um, LeBron is is 
playing center. Um, we don't know what's going to. What the hell do you make of this situation, Roger? Like, what's 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 going on? What t- talk to me, man? Talk talk to the people. It's a mess. The Lakers are a mess. Uh, um, I always have to just be careful with with having the the knee jerk to the mess because they are missing Anthony Davis, and I want to be fair to them. Um, so a big part, or at least a, a size, yeah, a big part of their mess is is missing you know, their second best player. That's, that's going to happen to a lot of teams. Uh, so, so offensively, you know, there might be a, a lack of fluidity. Um, you know, I would even give you to, to a degree, some defensive slippage, you know, because he's such a great defender, but it's not going to change what's going on there to the point where I could tell you it would win a championship or even be a threat in the playoffs. There's just too much going wrong. The defensive slippage is one thing. Like if you don't have that Swiss Army knife of a defender, that rim presence, like you know those things. But it's it's not that. It's lack of effort. It's lack of of execution, game plan wise. It's general lack of interest on the defensive end. Anthony Davis doesn't make all of that up. That's not that's not an Anthony Davis problem. Um, offensively and generally around their team, there seems to be a funk. You know, we talk about they were winning the game last night and they just have this inevitable funk that they're going to run into at some point in the game that puts either them in jeopardy of losing to bad teams or or they or they wind up eking one out or losing the game. Right. Like it's never like, yo, the Lakers just handle their business. It's always like, oh, shit, they're about to lose. They're going to lose the Sacramento. Oh, f- that. You know, it's always like that. There's a funk around them. You could feel it. It pops off the screen at you. Um, Anthony Davis is not going to help with that. Nope. So while on one hand I'm telling you AD missing, you know, is is part of the issue. It isn't the overall issue. The overall issue is they got a problem in house. There's some chemistry issues there, whether it be player to player, coach to player, management to player, management to coach. There are bigger things going on with the Lakers. That is a mess. Now one of the things that that I've seen with the Lakers uh, over the years, uh, I'd say like the last three years uh, when they've been good again, you know, ever since they got LeBron and Anthony Davis, it always seems like this with LeBron teams. And we can, we could point to the Buddy Heald, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and the, and the Russell Westbrook trade. We could point to, uh, you know, not get, or, you know, the turnover on the roster. We could point to a lot of different things. But one thing that I always see, um, with LeBron-led teams is the first year is a feeling out year between the coaching staff, you know? Second year is, you know, they might get it done maybe two, three years, right? This is, this is I, I, I'm setting this up because you've been a part of one of those years in Cleveland, but it always mm-hmm. seems like it, there's a gradual effect whenever LeBron is on a team. And I don't want to blame too much of LeBron because he has such a big ecosystem. And every time he's on a roster, you want to win a title. And you have a chance to win a title. But this seems like the natural evolution every single time he gets onto a roster because the pressure is so packed. And when you when you have pressure like a LeBron provides, that's when you start making these trades that don't necessarily make sense on paper. When you start making these signings that don't necessarily jibe with what your greater goal is, which is sustained success long after LeBron is gone. Right, and you see this how when he leaves, you have to pick up those pieces because you're, there's so much pressure that you have to just put everything out on the line. Now, my question to you is, how do the Lakers do this when LeBron is in his 19th season? Right, because it's one thing to do this when he's in his eighth or ninth season, but how do you 
make sure that he's on board and make sure not only is he on board, but the rest of the team is on board without making such drastic changes that we're feeling like we're going to have to make right now with the Lakers? I don't have the answer to that, Logan. That's why I'm not sitting in someone's front office right now <laughs> getting paid a couple million dollars to do the job. I, It's an impossible position um, for a general manager. It is the gift and the curse. Uh, the gift is LeBron. I mean, he's as, I've, I've, admittedly, I'm as big a fan as there out there, as there is out there. Yeah. I, I've watched him do things and flip switches and, and drag teams to places from the time he was, you know, a, a rookie to now. He's doing it right now. Like, he's willing that team to the wins that they have. He's willing, to, like, what he did last night, man. You see the dunk he had coming from the right corner oh on the lob. He, like, froze midair and then threw it down backwards. Like, he shouldn't be doing that in, in, in the year that he's in the league. So he's the gift. But you just alluded to the pressure that comes with the people making the decisions when you have him. Because it's all in right now. You have got him for his window. And then the team and the franchise's window is right now. And, you know, most GMs, when put, when their feet are put to the fire and you have to gamble on the, the future and protecting it or trying to win that chip right now because it's that tangible. And the Lakers did do it. Like, they won one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they got a chip. That's what it's all about. Most you general managers that, right? are going to take <laughs> you, you do. But you're going to take that swing. And in years past, the window was open, you know, as a larger opening of a window because he had more tread on the tire than he does than he does now and so you say hey man i'm gonna push david griffin we're pushing chips in for a four-year run you know what i mean like we got four good years of lebron left in in the tail end of his prime and and that's what we're gonna do but the lakers caught him on the tail end of it and while he's still great i mean that look father time is undefeated like it's it's coming and the ability for him singular singularly to will you you know, to a championship, those those days I think are 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 done. Now he needs he could win the chip with the with with you know the the baton being semi passed to like the ads, and we talk about this all the time. Like LeBron's still able, but he just can't. You ain't just going to strap it on, you know, to his back every night and say drag us, you know, to a to a to a finals. Like the league is younger, players are better. He's older, he's still brilliant, but you need that supporting cast around him now in a way. That is that is more, you know, important than it was, and so I don't have the answer as to how you navigate this if you're the Lakers. Um, moving on from 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 some of the pieces that you have outside of Russ, uh, you know, I'm, namely uh, AD or or LeBron, if push came to shove, and I'm not saying that's now. What I'm saying, if push came to shove, having to do that is an impossible thing to do. Um, yeah. I so I don't know. I don't know, but I do. I do know this. Without major shakeups and major roster overhauls, they're in a bad spot. AD LeBron, yes. Everything else around that, no. All right. Well, I was going to, I had this on the notes to save this to last, but you said rosters. So I have to bring up, I have to bring up some slander here. I, you, I don't want you to hang up on, I don't want you to hang up on the call right now. Please do not hang up on the call. I know you were looking at it. I, that leads me to one Russell Westbrook. Right. When you talk about roster turnover, when you think about it, when you look at the overall roster, fair or not, Russell Westbrook and his shooting woes have been a catalyst for this for this. Uh, I wouldn't say losing streak, but th this season in general, where. It's funny how Russ, because we love him so much, he's so polarizing, even on a team with LeBron 
And on a team with Anthony Davis, he is seemingly the focal point. And I don't mean by on the offense. I don't mean by on defense. But it seems like the team lives or dies by whether Russ is having a good game or not having a good game, right? If he's having a great game, they can come from behind. They can pull out a game down the stretch. And they need a lot of games down the stretch just for specifically. They have a lot of close games just for the, the sheer roster that they have. They have a lot of close games. I, I see games like uh, San, against San Antonio earlier in the season, for instance, where Russ is just a beast, man. He's dunking on dudes. He's he's down, down the stretch. He's just balling. Um, or, or the game against Utah where he just dunked all over Rudy Gobert. I know you love that one, Roger. That that's that's why that's why we that's why we that's why we watch the game. But you also see you also see games like Indiana where you know he he doesn't play well enough to stay in the game and he gets pulled by Frank Vogel. Now that is I don't know what you do with Russ because you know I'm reading David Miniman piece this morning um, on ESPN. Where he's talking, where he's writing, how I think he uh, talked to Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo alluded to, you know, Russ's head having to be on straight at all times and having to, you know, Russ is a very up and down player because, you know, I was watching his documentary. He sometimes has an up and down personality because he cares so much, right? I don't know what you do with Russ. What do you do with Russ? Yeah, contractually, man, like. I don't know what you do with Russ. I I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I haven't dug into the numbers or anything like that. I don't know where Russ could go at this point after after what's unfolded with the Lakers. I don't know who's making a move for Russ right now that would think that that's a help. Once it's an expiring deal, like becomes different. I guess you know what I mean. But yeah. but yeah. like right now, I don't know who says, "Hey, that can help us." Yeah. Um. And I again. Anyone who listens to this, you know my affinity for for Russ. Like I, I allow no Russ slander on the pod until today, because it's just it's not working. It doesn't. Look I don't good. even know if it's slander though, Raj. I think it's just it's sad. just facts. I think like it's just it's yeah. just facts. It's just sad, dude. Like it is. We want because we both. He has, and also, I'm looking at his uh, his contract. He has a player option for next season, and he's gonna take that. Like he's like he's gonna take that, but. It's just sad, man. Like we both wanted we we were talking about this, and it seems like a somber tone because we picked the Lakers to win the title. Here's Russ in a nutshell, like for for right now. You look at Russ's numbers. Sure, they're fractionally down. They are right, but yeah, I, I'm talking about like 43 percent from the field and 43.3 last year. He's 43.9. You know, two years ago he was 47, but. Two year, uh, the year before that, he was at 42.8. Like, that's not that far out of the ballpark for what he normally does. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, his points are down for sure, but, you know, anyone cast in a new role is going to, going to like struggle a little bit. It happens. It happens. You know, if you go to a new team, let's say, and it's not the same offense and you're not getting the same amount of looks, it's a struggle. I left Phoenix. And I wasn't nearly the player like that these guys are, but I, I had a certain role. I was comfortable in it. I knew what I was going to do. Like, and you go to you go to Charlotte, and that just it changes on you midstream, and you're like, oh shit, how do I figure out how to be productive in this? Everything, my whole my whole world's changed. And so I want to give him a little bit of slack because it's it's, it's not like he's like falling off the cliff. He's doing what he normally does. Oh, well, you know, and, and and he's just like not a <laughs> he's not a very efficient you know, offensive player. Right. And this isn't me apologizing for him. I'm just, I'm just saying what it is. So like, it doesn't work with the Lakers. 
Like the Lakers don't need that. That's a mess. Um, I would, I, I would say though, like, you know, I watch his, his demeanor out there sometimes and I watch, you know, his general body language out there and he doesn't look locked in defensively. He looks like he's playing with a bad chip on his shoulder, not the chip on his shoulder that like propelled him to like, you know, winning games that he had no business winning or doing anything like that, but a chip on his shoulder, like, like, yeah, I know y'all think I'm the reason. And so fuck y'all. And this is the way I'm out here. Like, you know, letting people yeah. go by him and how shit. How do you coach like, that? Like with your kids though? Like, how do you know when you're like, I don't know how to, how do you mitigate well, that? You know what I say to them? You know what I say to my kids? I say this shit say? over and over again to my children and children that play for me. Nobody feels sorry for you. Mm. So like that funk that you're in, that look on your face. Because Russ has been it. in a funk. Nah, you could keep it and you could keep acting like that and you could keep being, oh, woe is me and all of that. But nobody <laughs> <Yeah>. cares. <laughs> so yeah. The, yeah. the question is, when are you going to snap out of it? It's funny because I see this with Russ, too, because he's had comments like every time someone's asked about it and. You know, we love this about Russ, but at a certain point, like he's 30 something years old, he's older in his career is like, we, you're a Hall of Fame player, bro. You're one of the top 75 players of all time. We know. But I see these quotes from him and it's like, like just very defiant. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to do nothing. No, I, I'm good. I don't need, I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm gonna figure it out. And like to a certain point, it's just like, are you? Because we, we want to see you do that, but we, you keep hitting, you keep staying in on the corner and I don't know the whole I don't know the, the, if that's what he's told to do or if that's what he feels like he should do but I just see him playing the same game that he's been playing he doesn't you know maybe there's an occasional cut to the basket or something like that but he's by and large these threes that are clearly not going to go in and then I hear I see in the post game conference either he's you know, leaving the scrum before media gets there or when the media comes he's combatant towards the media like I don't know I just I I I just feel like for better or worse the the Lakers are t and Russ are kind of tied together so they kind of they they should figure it out because he's not he's not going anywhere. There's like you can't trade him for anybody. Well, what no you you can't. Like I was and the next point I was going to make was I don't I don't know. Like I have to go down and look at like if there's some borderline getting into the playing game type of team that just doesn't have the juice and they want to try to get in the playoff, but it like, that's just me looking for anything, but, and they're not traded for him. They're not, they're not, but yeah. that would like, you, you know, it had to be some scenario where they're bad. They don't have a dude. Russ can come in and just do Russ and just, you know, try to will him to, to win some games. Like it's not going to be a though. ringer um, for, for, for a team. <laughs> well done, sir. No, but I, I mean, just looking at it, I think that Russ has, fell into the 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 he's fallen into like reading and listening and caring too much about the noise outside of our team and i think he's yeah. lost at least some of what made me a huge fan of his which was just relentlessness you know whenever you've heard me speak about russ uh, you know people could say he's inefficient this and that but what i talk about is the is the energy like the yeah. the, the the teammate that he looks like the type of dude that you know I can trust when I look over my shoulder every night that whatever is required, he's going to get mm -hmm. down and, and and do it, right? Like maybe that's not scoring 30. Maybe it's not taking the last shot, but bro, I need you to lock that up. And if you can yeah. do that, we win the game. And, and Brody looking at me and saying, yes, sir, that's a bet. I yes. already know. And and we get it and we go and we ride. And I don't see that out of him as a teammate. Now, I'm not in that locker room. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate, 
But I think the noise that is the Lakers that is playing in that market, that is playing with LeBron, has affected him. And it's distracted him from the essence of who he is as a dude. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, we know you're fucking inefficient. Like, or inefficient. We know, you know, we know there are going to be these periods of turnovers and all of that. Now, yeah, that's not, the Lakers aren't really built to withstand all of that right now. But the point is, we know. Make up for that shit. Like, and he's usually in his past... Make up for it. Like, yes, that's what we want you to see. We want to see you fucking, yes. fucking come. I don't know, man. We want you to, we want you to, oh, I think the biggest thing is we want Russ to always overcome and he lets us down. You know, we kind of want him to like not be above this noise and things like that. But it, it it's kind of disappointing when he soaks into the noise after he defiantly says he doesn't give a fuck about us. Then don't give a fuck about us as the media. Don't give a fuck about us dunk on everyone, score 50. We want to see that, Russ. We don't want to see, oh, man, I'm, I'm sulking. I'm doing all these stuff. I don't know what to do. No, Russ, we want to see you ball. That's really what yeah. we want to see. Well, we do, but it's not going to be scoring 50 on that team. Like, you're going to... And here's the I other know. point. And I, we've... No, no, I. but I hear what you're saying. And, and the yeah. other point about it is, in fairness to the brother, like, that's a lot of change for him. Yeah. That's a lot of change. He's played a certain way for an entire career... And since since KD left, um, you know, has basically had the ball in his hands, allowed to affect the game in the way he wants. I mean, he had to share it with Bradley a little bit, but you understand what I'm saying. And so, you know, I'm not making excuses because I just said, like, it's not working. You know, I, I you know, you got to do what you got to do. But that is a hard thing to do, man. It is a really hard thing to do. Some can, some can't figure it out on the fly that late in your career and and uh, reinvent yourself. Shit. Carmelo. Carmelo had to be out of the league for a few years. Yeah. To, to, to figure out, oh shit, I got to reinvent myself and become this kind of player. Like, I don't think he deserved to be out of the league, but I think part of the problem at the time was when he'd go into places, he wasn't ready to be a different piece in the puzzle. He wanted to be the old piece in the puzzle. And it took him a minute to say, oh shit, I'm not, I'm not that piece in the puzzle anymore. I'm, I'm a different piece. And, and that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you've been that great a player for your whole career. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Frank Vogel. I think that's the I think that's the biggest conundrum right now facing the Lakers because I don't think that Frank Vogel has done a bad job on the Lakers. I feel like I don't think he's done a bad job considering the circumstances, man. I I, I just I I'm sorry. I just don't. I just feel like this is just the general cycle on a and that goes back to my first point of a LeBron led team where he doesn't fully commit to a coach or anyone for that matter. Anyone can get traded. Anyone can get fired. You even saw. In the beginning, before Vogel got uh, hired, the reason why he got hired is because they wouldn't fully commit to Ty Lue past a certain amount of years. And then after um, after Frank Vogel wins a title with this roster, they give him a one-year extension. Like, here you go. 
It's okay. Thank, <laughs> thank you. You know? Yeah. So when you're coaching for your job after winning a title, there is no way that you can be at the best of your abilities when you're not settled. I don't know what yeah, to do I here, would, though. Well, I, w- I mean, I imagine Franco Vogel gets fired soon. Do I think he deserves to be fired soon? Not necessarily. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. Um, this isn't a, this isn't a, this isn't a solely player and Russ AD LeBron problem. This isn't solely a front office issue. And this isn't solely a Frank Vogel issue, right? Like to get this type of funk that I'm talking about, all parties have some culpability in that everyone's responsible in some way or another. And they, and they chip in to this funkiness, right? So Vogel was handed a roster this year. Um, that just wasn't going to jive with the way he liked to hoop. I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach. And you gave him a bunch of pieces, you know, at least, yeah, older pieces that don't really strap up. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Now, some of that is on the pieces. Like, that's not Frank Vogel's part. But he's got he's got to... He's got to have some responsibility for that, right? Like they're they're really bad defensively. Getting guys to buy in and keeping them like fighting for you is is a really important trait as a coach. And if if you've lost the ability to do that, then whether it's your fault, you know, completely or not, you're probably going to have to go. But he wasn't handed, you know, a, a team that at least from a roster standpoint fit with with what what he wanted to do in the way they wanted to play. Um, I had no problem, like, hey, this goes back to Russ, with him doing what he did last night and, and saying to the media, hey, man, I, gave, I played who gave us the best chance to win. Because if, if I'm going to go down and if I see the writing on the wall and I'm reading you know, the press and, 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 and listening, I'm going down giving myself the best chance. And with the pieces that I think can help me, uh, I'm not worried about the pieces that you brought in here that you may think as as a as a general manager need to play. Like I'm gonna try to win it with what I think can win it. And if if you fire me at that point, then you're just gonna you know you fire me. But I'm trying to win it. See, I think this goes back to the overall point about being in a. Uh, it's funny because LeBron is a one man market, right? You know, like wherever he goes, it's like a LA, it's like a New York because that's how good he is. That's how transcendent of a talent he is. But how, what, is, what kind of coach do you need and what kind of organization do you need to make sure, all the, make sure all the pieces align and make sure that it's, I would say, smooth sailing, but as smooth a sailing as you're going to get? Because I look at a situation like Miami where, you know, LeBron starts to do the stuff that he does, he's doing right now, and you got a Pat Riley that's like, hey, bro, chill out. That's your coach. Like, that's, who it's gonna, that's what it's going to be. And I think that if I think if there was ever a time for LeBron to have that or need that, it's right now. Because I juxtaposed that with in Milwaukee with a guy like Budenholzer and Giannis. So obviously different circumstances because Milwaukee's a small, way smaller market. Um, you know, we we don't pay as much attention to them as good as they are. And I see a guy like Budenholzer who We've been, tell, not we, but, you know, they've been putting his feet to the fire for a long time saying he should be fired, he should be gone, why are they, they need a better coach for him. But the Bucks stuck it out and got a title out of it. You know, that that's what ended up happening. Why can't that ever happen with a LeBron team? 
why can't there be continuity? Why can't there be these things? Why? I'm asking you because you were in the, in the front office when that, why can't that be that way for LeBron? Again, I want to be, I want to be measured with my words because I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, but I don't know that that's ultimately what he desires because there is continuity in Miami. There's expectations. There are rules in place. There are things we will and we will not do. They're not in the habit of capitulating to like players' demands and and so on and so forth. And, you know, I wasn't in Miami, but I but I heard, you know, some of the beefs were that some of those demands weren't being met by the organization. And, you know, ultimately LeBron and them wanted out. And but I would say this organizationally, they've been fine. They're right back. They're one of the best teams in the East. Everyone knows what you're going to get when you come in there. There's a culture established um, and they keep playing and they keep hooping and they keep winning. Um, I would say the, the the reason is because most most teams realize that when, when, when he comes in, that they have an opportunity again to win this championship because he's going to bring that and he's going to bring the opportunity. And to keep him happy, you have to make the decision on whether or not you have the firm hand and say, hey, we have a culture in place and we're going to do it this way. And you, you know, and run the risk of him saying, yeah, I'm only here for this contract and I'm out or kind of seed some of your 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 values um, in an effort to kind of appease him and make him happy and allow things to run a certain way. But then you, then you wind up in a situation where you don't have the control that you that, that you need to have to be able to to rein it in and say, hey, this is what we're doing and we're keeping this coach and we got to figure it out. You don't because, you know, early on in that relationship, you know, you didn't establish, you didn't establish those parameters. Like you didn't establish what this relationship was going to be like. And so that's what happens with LeBron. And I wanted to, I want to be fair to him because I'm not saying he's in the, he doesn't go, I, I haven't seen LeBron go in there and act like an a-hole in somebody's office and demand this thing. And it's not like that. But like, you know, there's small things that start to, you know, I, I need, I need this done. I need that done. I need this done. I need that done. And, and, you know, all along people are just checking to see what you do. Those are just little litmus tests to see how far, you know, we can go, how, what, you know, how far can I push? And if you continue to allow it to happen, you wind up in a situation sometimes and not just with LeBron, this is with anyone, this is with any, mm -hmm. any player, any, any person you're in a relationship with. Like if you're not going to, you know, if you don't say, Hey, oh, nope, not, nope, not doing that. Not gonna, nope, that's not going to happen. This is where we're going to put the foot down. And, you know, just so you know, this is not how I get down. If you can live with that, good. If you can't, then maybe we need to part. If you can't do that, then you wind up at a point where you got to kind of move off of some of the, the the things you 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 find valuable. And then and then you're lost as a franchise. Like you're in this weird spot of like, shit. Yeah. You know, what do I do? I'm going to fire a coach again. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. 
This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. I, I think we forget about the Lakers pre-LeBron and just how just dysfunctional of an organization that was just in general. And I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't know about right now. I'm not there, but like just the reporting of, you know, when magic was there and, you know, I got a lot of love for magic, got a lot of love for all those people and don't even want to say that, but like you see a systematic thing where you talk about openly trading young guys in the press to get an Anthony Davis saying we need to get these young guys available. And that's where competitiveness comes in because you want, if you're a Laker, you want the Lakers to be great, but there's no, it's, it's not a surprise that you see Alonzo ball flourishing in Chicago right now, even though I think he's getting surgery, but um, you see a Kyle Kuzma flourishing in Washington right now. Um, and that's not, it's, it's not a byproduct of like just the Lakers organization. There's also, you know, Los Angeles as a media market. Um, the Lakers are the biggest show in town and the biggest entertainment capital of the world. Right. And you, but you start to see when you put LeBron and you put all these other elements into it, that it, it just, I think LeBron, I don't, this is why I don't think LeBron it's LeBron's fault to your point. LeBron just amplifies what you are, how good or bad of an organization you are, or how dysfunctional of an organization you are because he's so good and there's so many eyes on him, you know? Yeah. And I almost just wish that I think part of me just wishes he 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 could have stayed in one situation for a minute and just have that partnership with an organization in the way that a Tim Duncan would or like um, you know, a you know, Alonzo Morton, these older guys, you know, in this old, it's a new school function, you know, we're in this new school era, but sometimes wish, man, what if LeBron just stayed like a, a, a Reggie, a Reggie Miller or, or a Kobe or something like that? Because you could see now, like, it, it's kind of hard. You see, this is not just a LeBron thing, but you see how, how hard it is for fan bases to um, accept him or accept other guys, right? Like you, you I, I see this with Kevin a lot where, you know, they, they have these great moments with in these cities and all of a sudden it's like the, the breakup is kind of messy and kind of awkward. And then you're like, ah, man, like I am a heat for life. I am a Laker for life, but like this, you kind of played me on this one or you, or it kind it was kind of, it was kind of shaky. What do you think LeBron would have been if he would have stayed in like a Cleveland for the rest of his career? Do you think that he could have had the continuity and there could have been functionality or or was in an organization where he did have that infrastructure of a Miami Heat for this whole career? First of all, I think LeBron, I think LeBron and greats, you know, they respect someone standing up and and you know, having some having some backbone when it comes to dealing yeah. with them. I think they do. Um, you know, whether whether ultimately they outgrow the relationship because they're big enough stars and 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 you know what they want what they want is besides the point. But I think there's respect there. I've never seen him be, be disrespectful to or, or just you know again um, you know completely turned off when someone tries to do that. Like I think there's respect there from from greats for that. I think it. I don't know what LeBron or, or would have been at he stayed in Cleveland. I don't know what the narrative would have been or or anything like that. I know that when you're trying to build teams around him, 
they get older really quick, right? Because that's that was the recipe. You'll give him vets. Like young guys don't really, for the most part, they're not ready to win, right? So he's in his window. You got to get rid of the young talent and stuff and, and give up the assets in, in a lot of cases to get him and to get another star with him. And then the rest of your roster needs to get older, m- more mature and ready to win now, right? And so you're mortgaging a lot of that future to try to, to try to get him in there, right? So now you got him in this window, you got him on this contract, you're there for three or four years. And then he looks around and he's like, well, shit, we're old. Like we don't have the <laughs> flexibility anymore. No, but this is what yeah. happens, right? Yeah, like, we're yeah. old. We don't have the flexibility anymore. I don't think I can win moving forward with this. So I got to go. All right. And so that's just what he falls into with teams. It's not his fault. It's just right. what he brings. He brings a window to you. And within that window, you got to give up three, four years out in the future to try to get it done in the window. And he's, you know, it's it's a really interesting like dynamic because to do it, you're, you're going to probably lose him on the end of the deal because you did everything you could in the deal to get him the championship and get your your, your club the championship. Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's it's so interesting. It's such an interesting case study in stardom and also like, just greatness, right? Because when you're a night, when you play 19 seasons, it's hard to stay with one thing. There's no way because there's so many ebbs and flows and injuries and things like that. That's why a Tim Duncan reign is just so impressive because he was able to win for so long. And like, not a lot of guys take a back seat like that. Or it's funny because you see like LeBron on paper, Anthony Davis should be a number one, right? He should be. He has a number one. He has a number one. You know, he has the, maybe not the DNA, but the number one game for sure. Look, I know you're giving me the look. I know you're giving me the look. I already know. But what I'm saying is, you see, LeBron sees Anthony Davis on paper like, oh shit, he, I'm so, he's somebody that I can give the baton to. And I'm sure that he's seen that with a lot of players. He saw that with with Kyrie for a minute. You know, like, like we all know how great Kyrie is. Then he sees it with Anthony Davis, and then when he sees him up close, it's one thing to see him from afar and be like, oh, I, I can mold him into this and this and this. But then you realize, bro, LeBron, there ain't nobody as great as you, dog. So you're just going to have to just take that back seat on your own and be cool with that. And it's just interesting just how it's never worked out. And I think that's just, is that a weird thing to show just really how great he is that no one is just as great as him when he plays his teammates? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird dynamic everywhere he goes. Like he's trying to give up the baton. It just doesn't work. You ever, you ever, you ever been like trying to teach someone something that like you know how to do well it it doesn't have a lot of meaning like i don't know like trying to change a bike tire or something like that and you got a kid and you're like hey let me show you how to do this shit man and they're like fumbling with it they're getting through it and they're fumbling with it but it's taking a little longer than you really got time for you're like "Ah, let me do it let me do it i got it i got it i got it move out of the way let me finish it right and you get it and that i mean you're you're just better than them at it right (laughs) like you you've done it more lebron does it at center Right. But like, but my point is he's just, he's still great. He's still a great player. And sometimes, you know, the passing of a baton isn't just about a skill set. It's about a look in someone's eye, right? Like all all the shit I talk about Kyrie and his decision-making and some of the ones I agree with and some of the ones I don't like, you never heard me ever say that he's not a killer, like an absolute. And so, when you look in his eyes as a LeBron, I think that one hurt LeBron when they when that didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like because I think that was the guy where he was like, mm-hmm, "Yep, he's gonna take that shit. He wants it. Like you could tell 
He just he wants it now. I even love Kyrie's game so much, bro. <laughs> right, but, I love Kyrie. So I think it would take somebody like that. And I, you know, I look, I love. I, I don't think AD is that guy. So passing the baton is going to be a little harder in that situation because, you know, AD is more reserved. I want to be polite about it. A little more, you know, passive. I don't know that he necessarily gets that look in his eye. Like, mm, mm, give me that shit. I want it. Give it to me now. Yeah. You know, get out of the way. Get out of the way. I got it. And it becomes harder to, to, to pass it, man. And that's just, you know, it's the best way I could put it, man. But LeBron has a couple years left. This was a Laker-centric pod. That roster right now has to be overhauled. Like I said it way back around the 20, what was the 20 game mark when we had the, we had the, you asked Mike me Chidale like, what the Lakers? Yep. And I said, you're going to waste, you're going to waste the last couple of years of his prime, like, or, or whatever part of his career he's in right now, because they just, there's something funky Yo, going on out there. I'm sorry, man, but that, and I try to defend it. I really did. That rush trade was just, it was it was one of the worst ones, especially in, that we have the luxury of hindsight, dude. Like, at least if you had Buddy healed, you could at least, tra- if he was fucking up, you could at least trade him midseason. You know, you could trade him at the deadline. He's still, people going to want Buddy healed because they're going to want right. shooting in this league. Right. But damn, that was hard. That's, that's just a hard pill to swallow. We're going to look back on that and be like, shit. Yeah, quite you possibly. Know? Yeah. I mean, not even, but not look. Not quite possible. Yeah, you are because that's that's. We're already looking at it like now, like shit. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, it, it, it. I think it actually might get better if Russ. If Russ can, you know, self evaluate a little and and you know, hey, to some man. degree, stop stop worrying about the shit and play better. But I still, they're not going to be a championship level team. Like it will get. But a I little don't think better. Russ is going to fundamentally change as a part. He would have to fundamentally change as a person in order to to be good on this roster. I just, I really believe that because it's just so new because Russ is a really good player in all of these things, but he still thinks you can see it on the court. He still thinks he's the best player on the court. He should because he's Russell Westbrook, but also you juxtapose that, like you said, with Carmelo, who is like, okay, I'm just going to shoot these threes. I'm going to, I'm not good on defense, but I'm going to try hard. Um, I'm going to hit these mid rangers I am who I am. Russ isn't, isn't there. He's just not there. And that's that's tough right now. Well, Brody better get his ass there because it's gonna be a miserable it's gonna be a miserable <laughs> ride, dog. Unless you get, you better figure out a way to get there. <laughs> All right, man. Shit. All right, let's get to real one of the week, bro. Let's just get let's get to real one of the week. This is this is tough for me to to say, Raja. Um, mm-hmm. Just just to just to bring this all the way all the back back to circle. My Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Raiders just was dealt a, a harsh blow, just a very harsh blow. So with that being said, um, I'm gonna go across the bay and I'm going to give my ruin of the week. This is this is very hard. This is very hard. To one Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I'm gonna give it to Jimmy Garoppolo, who was another guy. That, you know, if you, you know, around the Bay Area, you know that he's probably not going to be back next season. Okay. Probably not going to be back next season. He is, uh, but he's playing his ass off. Okay. Within the means that he has, he's getting that trade value up, baby. You know, he's going to get one of those. I don't know if there's a Nick Foles running him, but they beat the Cowboys. I don't know if you saw that game, but it was, it was, uh, I got. I just got to give props to Jimmy G, man. He's 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 taking it like a soldier right now. He's just you know, and now you know, 
We'll see what happens from there. But I'm going to give my rule of the week to Jimmy G of the San Francisco um, 49ers. It, har- it hurts because I don't want to give the Niners props for anything. But, you know, shout out to Jimmy G. Who's your rule of the week? Tough. Hey, Jimmy G is making it. Man. He's increasing his value and making it like he's making their oh man making their job tougher because you, you like you're seeing what he's doing you might want to keep him and easier because he's increasing the value they'll be able to trade him. It's like it's when crazy. Drew Brees was on the Chargers, man. It's nuts. Um, I you know uh, real one of the week, man. There are a lot of places I could go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it Laker centric. My real one of the week is gonna go to Frank Vogel, um, mm. and not because I mean he game plan great or had his team you know, locked in and ready to execute, but because it appears that he finally said, fuck it. And, if he, <laughs> and that's real to me. Like if I'm going to go down and if you're going to fire me, I'm not playing him. I'm playing who I want to play in the minutes. I want to play him. And my answer is going to be, I played who gave us the chance to win the best chance to win. Mm. And I, Hey mm. bro, I can't be mad at you for that. So real one. Hold on, let's just let that breathe for a second, because that was that was some cold scripture from Ra. <laughs> Frank Vogel don't give a fuck. Frank he said, Vogel I'm gonna take dead. I'm gonna take this flight to Orlando. You can fire me. It's cool. You know where Orlando's close to? A nice little island. Might have to just go take a book a little flight there. Just clear my mind. Yeah. Shout out to Frank yeah, Vogel. Yeah, no. Man. Frank Vogel, real one. That was another edition of the Thursday Ruins. Make sure you check us out every Monday and Thursday. We might, hey, Ra, we might have a little little treat for the people on Monday. Okay, I'm not, I'm not like going to say it. anything more than that. I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm not going to say any more than that. But in the meantime, we'll see you Monday. In the meantime, make sure you check out Upside High with J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Charks. Tell them the real one sent you. We got Weekends with Waz every Sunday. We got The Boyd. Boy, The Boyd! With Kevin O'Connor on The Mismatch, that's every Wednesday. Also, check out The Mismatch while you're on The Mismatch. Make sure you check out Group Chat. Make sure you check out The Answer. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger Bell. Town legend one, Danielle Smith. Let's keep the pop. Let's keep the motherfucking propaganda going. Nope. Check out R2C2 with who? Roger Bell. So conflicted because I love him, but I just, I, I don't love the Bay propaganda. Who I is it, but Roger? it's the Crest Cyclone. It? Okay. It's Vallejo's finest. He's Sebastian. We're in the motherfucking house. Holla. Holla.